Hi there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S4E5, Gamma Zeta Die. You know, there have been better and more fitting episode titles, but seriously, is there an episode of a more fun title than this? This is a fun title. This is an interesting episode. All the liars are kind of spinning off the rails in this episode in, in their own ways. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you uh, happen to have found this podcast due to some cool people on the internet, we hope you enjoy it. We'll talk more about that at the end. Yeah, some shout outs at the end. Uh, um, this episode's written by Maya Goldsmith, you know, the, the usual writer, uh, directed by Mick Garris, which... Now you're telling of, me this guy does a lot of Stephen King stuff? He did like a shit ton of Stephen King like TV movies back in the day, like The Stand. Oh, he did The Stand, okay. The Which, back in the day, I fucking loved. Loved that movie when I saw it. Watched it on Netflix, and it was like, wow, the 90s. Yeah, yeah. The the Shining miniseries, which I didn't care for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't do The Langoliers, I'm sad to say. Um, which, again, does not hold up, but was just edge your seat fucking thrilling madness at the time he also went on to do two episodes of ravenswood so i kind of think it's interesting hmm. that he did this episode um interesting ravenswood in case you're curious and somehow you don't know this is a spinoff show pll there is a 10 episode spinoff show that i don't think we're going to be recapping um but bros can... don't watch ravenswood too well i think the thing was you had to leave this podcast to go do ravenswood podcast on your own yeah and then he could come back later with a drinking problem yeah. But um, yeah, we're all well, I I've watched the the whole series. I can I can fill us in on anything we need to know. Well, when we get to that point, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. You'll know on this podcast when the Ravenswood spinoff starts. Um, but speaking to McGarris, our opening of the episode, we start in darkness with a scream. Yeah, and then uh, these cool kind of like jump cuts of like zooming out from Hannah's eyes as she like, they blink awake. Yeah, those are really intense close-ups of eyes that I have in front of me right now as I watch the video. Um, yeah, Hannah's like laying in bed under the blankets. Uh, she has some pretty cool pillows. It's daytime. We hear a woman scream. The sound of police sirens. Hannah freaks out. Screams, "Mom!" Um, I think also that just in general, this image when somebody's laying under blankets with their arms also tucked under the blankets. Yeah, it just seems to invoke a feeling of intense, like claustrophobic restriction. Yeah, and the lighting on her face is... It's like too... It's, it's a very too weird bright, angle. Yeah. Too daylight, yeah. Uh, uh, but she wakes up in a panic, and that kind of makeup's like half realistic. I don't know, what, what do you think of her makeup here? Because some people like to point out, you know, the, the actress wakes up with perfect makeup on. She kind of looks like she's been sleeping. Sure, I mean... There's times when you've seen Hannah, like, with less makeup on. Mm-hmm. You know... Uh, she gets up, she goes downstairs, she's calling out for her mom, the door to the uh, patio veranda area is open, so she goes out there, and I guess it's daytime. Um, yeah. Ashley is like asleep on like a patio uh-huh. chair, like yeah. covered in blankets, so you can't see anything but her face and one arm. You don't sleep like that unless you're on the like, wrong side of like a serious bender. In the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ashley starts to wake up and ask Hannah what's wrong. And Hannah says she had a nightmare and then the blanket falls off Ashley's head and all her hair has been sheared off. Like, oh, like badly, like somebody just like attacked her with scissors. Yeah. And then the blanket falls away and she's in like an orange jumpsuit. Uh, they, jumpsuit. Hannah screams and then 
Ashley screams because Hannah's screaming and they're both screaming at each other and freaking out. And then it does like the like Hannah's eyes open jump cut again. It was all just a dream. And she like takes a deep breath and sits it, up. Part of me again has to call out the Melrose Place reference potentially, but also oh, yeah. how how much would you have loved to be on the set that day, right? Probably some fun. I mean, <laughs> I, how do they do that? That's just like a like an appliance that they put on, right? Like a, like like a, a latex yeah. thing. Well, yeah, because like it, like her like, hair's been sheared away, but she has like a bald spot on one side. Well, it's like somebody just like attacked her with scissors. Like not, it's not like a nice. Well, cut. <laughs> what makes it even creepier is the hair falls away. Yeah, as if it was done while she was sleeping, and the hair had nowhere to go while she's laying down. It's it's terrifying. This is a fucking terrifying nightmare. Yeah. So Anna wakes back up, and then Ashley walks in with a full head of hair. Yeah, thank God. And okay. asks Hannah, she's okay. Yeah. yeah. And so she's fine. She doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, not yet, anyway. Uh, Ashley is so calm and serene as she checks on her daughter that it's unnerving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she walks back out like, okay, that's fine. But there's there's drama in the Marin household. But it's all subtextual right now. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. Ashley Benson's face as this scene ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the credits, we're at Spencer's house. It's morning. Veronica's in the kitchen doing like her morning kitchen getting, shit. Getting some OJ out. And Spencer walks down the stairs and, and like sees this. And instantly has this like, what the fuck is going on look on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer's what are you doing? Her. Trying to be a mom? What the fuck? Yeah. What do you think you are, Ashley Marin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some very awkward good mornings. Uh, Veronica's just heard from Melissa who started her internship today. Spencer's <laughs> dressed very prim and proper. And according to Melissa, <laughs> London is beautiful, but very cold. And Spencer says, that sounds like a perfect match. And Veronica, like, she shoots, like, about five different glares at Spencer, but yeah. doesn't say anything. It's just yeah. kind of like, like, she's thinking with each one, like, do I need to say something? Ah, uh, fuck it. I feel like Leslie Farah, who plays Veronica, like, she really doesn't get as much the chew as some of the other moms. But well, every once in a while, her reactions are amazing. Well, and she's in scenes with, like, Spencer and Melissa, so she just has to be the mom to them and their madness. Yeah, basically the ringleader to that, that crazy fucking circus. Yeah, um, so Veronica then slides over a very large bound document. On the cover, it says, Catalog of Top-Ranking Academic Universities Prepared for Spencer Hastings. <laughs> yes, this is by the, uh, the McGowan consulting thing. Prepared by Brendan McGowan, who is... An academic talent scout pimping firm. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, what is this? And apparently this is what she needs to read for her meeting with this Brendan guy. And Spencer asks who this is. She says he's a private admissions counselor. He's going to help you with college. And Spencer's like, how? The, the question on everybody's mind. And, how? And Veronica says the Carlisle, Carlisles hired him after Nora got that DUI. With Brendan, she was still able to get her second choice. Do colleges know about DUIs? Well, maybe I never had to deal with that myself. I don't know. DUIs or college? (laughs) I I I think that whoever Nora Carlisle is and whatever her story is, she didn't write an entrance exam or a a college essay talking about her DUI and how it defined her. Probably not, no. Um, But Spencer's like, um, I don't have a DUI. And Veronica's like, no, but you have Radley. Just twist the knife, Veronica. Yeah, seriously. Brennan will know which schools to target and how to make you attractive to them. Which, it's got to just feel awful for Spencer. Well, and then Spencer's like, so he's like an Ivy League pimp. (laughs) 
that's pretty much it. Yeah. And Veronica says she's Spencer's worked too hard, deserves to go to a good school. We just need to reposition her. Spencer says, Mom, I am not a sofa, okay? And nobody's more upset that I didn't get into UPenn. Uh, that doesn't mean I can't get into other good schools. And I, I noticed while she's saying this, that she has these big silver, like, star-shaped earrings on. Like, her, her look, she's back to, like, the high-collared, like, button-up, like, severe look. Her look here is both... So, in this scene, it's fitting of of her station in life and where she is later on a different scene. When I get a close up, I got a better look at Spencer's outfit here and I'll talk mm-hmm. about it more. My, my notes talk about it more there. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So Veronica's, you know, Spencer says that she, she, because she can't get into UPenn as mean she deserves to get in good schools. And Veronica's like, I agree. And so does Brendan. And Spencer's just like, ugh, lawyered. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of characters who have their very definite core desires torn away from them, we go to Emily's room. Emily is looking at the Stanford website page and being sad. Uh, Wayne knocks on his, her door. He's going to make some breakfast. Does she have time to eat? And she's like, yeah, what about mom? And we find out that Pam has been like getting up early and going to the gym uh, because she wants to avoid like getting shit from the neighbors, basically. She can't go uh, to the gym at her normal time anymore. Apparently. I, I almost wrote my note. Emily's checking out college porn, but that would be something much different. Yeah. Um, the credits will tell us, by the way, that Mr. Mike Montgomery's in this episode, which oh it's been a while. Um, you know, Wayne says it'll blow over. He promises. Well, it just like lasts us off. Yeah. It'll all blow uh, over. I've been in scarier combat zones in this town. Debatable. <laughs> Wayne says it'll take more than a few dirty looks at the hardware store to take me out. And I almost wrote. <laughs> That's right. I said it. The hardware store <laughs> where the straight men buy tools. Oh, Wayne, wearing your Henley. Yeah, Emily's not convinced. Uh, Wayne looks over at the Stanford website, and he's like, that's a beautiful campus. He's very gravelly in this this episode, I think. Yeah, sorry we couldn't make that work for you. And she's like, Dad, it's okay. Even if we could afford it, I doubt I'd even get in, which is a good fucking point. You hadn't even got in yet. Right. I right. mean, when you're searching for colleges, you apply first. Then you worry about the money. You know, yeah. you can always say no if they accept you. Right, right. You don't maybe go and get an apartment and a lease in that town until you have, you know, the school to go to. Um, she says she points out that even without swimming, she's average. He tells her there's nothing average about her. Um, he says he knows that he can't do much, but he wants her to know that he'll do anything he can to help her, starting with breakfast. Well, really, Emily, have a little self-esteem. I mean, you're pretty much like a perfect human specimen. I mean, so you're saying that she could go into, say, modeling. I have it on good authority that somebody that looks like her does a lot of modeling work. If if someone who looks like her can't make you shop at Macy's, I don't know who can. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wayne leaves the room with the greatest Those eggs aren't going to burn themselves. <laughs> it's to me that like that does not follow along with the man who just talked about the combat zones. He survived. Is that some sort of like fertility symbolism? Ooh. We'll have to dig deeper on that one later. So we mm. cut to Ella's classroom. It's, it's daytime. We're at school. Ella's telling her class that they're representing their families in school in their upcoming college visits. Ella, translation, this is not the week to discover beer pong. Beer pong is really lame. I'm just going to say. I feel like some of the some also, of the guys. kind of colleges, too. Yeah. Um, I, I, so, uh, fuck, this isn't the week to discover it. Uh, they have this time to audit classes, tour the campus. Decide that this is where they want to go. Uh, mm-hmm. We find out that all four liars are in this class. You notice that Hannah is sitting like side saddle just to show off her legs here. Yeah, I think we all know. In like full high heels. 
Yeah, yeah. I would love to see, like, just, like, do a, a camera pan across, like, the floor to see, like, all the other students wearing, like, sneakers. And then, like, you get to the liars, and it's, like, these, like, seven-inch heels. I am five seconds away from just tackling all this. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Hannah... <laughs> the bell rings. <laughs> Emily and Spencer are on one aisle, and Hannah and Ari are on the other aisle. Hannah says, "You know, well, everybody gets up to leave except for them, except naturally, because this is their boardroom or whatever." Hannah says that they're they're dreaming. She's dreaming that crazy dream because she knows that A is about to drop the hammer on her mom. Spencer says, "The only thing that your dream is telling you is that you should be drinking more milk before bed." And Hannah's like, "My dad's gun is gone, Spencer. You bitch." And, and Ari's like, "Yeah, that looks bad, but we've gone over this, and A has tried to frame us before." So, yeah. So then, uh, Ari's outfit. Holy. Oh, oh wait, wait for Ari's outfit. We'll get a really? better angle. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, because Hannah is like, uh, it's not framing if my mom actually did it. And, Hannah, and Emily says, Hannah, this is your mother, okay? She looked you in the eye and told you she didn't do it. And then Ella, Ella walks over. She's like, don't you guys have a class to get to? And, and she, you she know. bounces. Well, because Arya's like, yeah, we're going. And Ella's like, you'd get there faster if your feet were moving. Just saying. And then she walks out with her briefcase like she's leaving or something. Well, and the classroom returns to its natural state of nearly empty. Um, and, and like totally dark. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just throw out a quick comment about Hannah's outfit? Oh, sure. She's basically wearing an abstract expressionist painting as a dress. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, I almost put this like a Mark Rothko, but that's not quite right. Um. Well, and the girls are all like commenting, like, "Oh, what's up with your cunty mom, Arya?" And Arya's face. like, "They make straight up stink face." Yeah, like Arya's like, "Oh, she's been acting weird lately. Maybe A has moved on from Hannah's mom to mine, you know." And, and Hannah's just like, "You crazy bitch." Yeah, A can multitask, and she's asked if like any of them can come over after school. But Spencer can't. She's got to go to a strategy session with this dude, uh, the spin doctor. And Arya's, like, confused by this. So Spencer explains that he's an admissions coach, and, you know, she has, her, her mom wants him to wave his magic wand so she can get into college. Did he? Did she say magic wand or magic loafer? I, I'm not sure. I like magic loafer better, though. Yeah, I like, like it way better. I, I just want to say again, in case we haven't gotten to it, I fucking love this episode. It's amazing. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, so out in the hallway, Hannah, oh, Hannah bounces. It probably should mention at the start, like, this episode features all the liars being really horrible people. So it's fun in that regard. Which is like, if you really like the show and if you really examine it, is why the show is so great. That's why it works. I mean, these girls are put upon protagonists, like taking back their agency. But what makes them so special is that they're all secretly like selfish, horrible monsters, too. Well, not, which is well, not horrible. like all the time, but like they can be, you know, they, yeah. they, they possess it within them to, to be kind of bad people. But I mean, so you're a terrible person. Is that really that terrible? You're also Spencer Hastings. Yeah, seriously. If you're Spencer Hastings, come on. Yeah. Um, so Hannah leaves. Arya and Emily. Ari, Hannah pulls the Arya and leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arya and Emily keep talking to Spencer. Emily's like, how much did the spin doctor cost? And we're out in the, like, the lockers now, right? Yeah, we're out in the uh, hallway. Because Arya says, well, it's a Hastings, so I'm guessing it costs more than your car. Like That's a lot to, of money. Like, way to rub that shit in Emily's face. What, 20 grand? I mean. Uh, Spencer says, just car? I, I'm guys, this isn't about money, okay? I mean, the last thing on my mind right now is trying to sell myself. With everything that went down with Melissa and Tippy being birdnapped, that's an actual line. Yeah, yeah. Harry says, don't even bring up that singing canary. Spencer says, parrot. Whatever. We don't have the bird or the beast. Now that Melissa's gone, we have very little to go on. I love that line. I love that mm-hmm. it came from Aria. Um, Spencer says, if Melissa was telling the truth, we should be following the alley trail. 
And Emily points out that if the alley trail ends with board search, board short slash beach hottie, and the only way of finding him was through Tippy's phone number. The Aria, only way. Arya actually did some research. She spent a whole day, but found nothing linking Wilden Ian. Or Somewhere Garrett, off screen, Arya is like, "I've decided to join the sleuthing." Yeah. I'm, well, every once in a while, it's like Arya gets back in the corner where she just feels like, "Do you want something done right?" Well, did Arya actually do this, or was she just like hanging out with Jake and like Googled one thing on her iPhone? And then she's like, like, "Okay, Siri, what's this phone number?" Oh, you don't know? Never mind. Is that rain? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she went to the bookstore. Yeah, maybe can't there's find a connection a, there single thread that links uh wilden and garrett or ian to york county and spencer's like wait hold up you know like my spidey sense is tingling there's a college there i just saw it and she opens her little guidebook and she sees that cicero college is in york york is it york or york i keep wanting to say york i think it's just york though alas york county we knew you well mm-hmm. i think it's york like yeah york. i think it's york it'd be great if it was york though uh and aria once again uh being the sleuth here, she's like, ooh, that contact number for Cicero has the same area code and prefix as the number from Tippy. Get the fuck out. Look at you, Arya. And first Spencer's all, like, looks like we just got a little closer. A clue. I mean, first of all, the area code thing, it's not that shocking. Area codes cover a lot of space. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, I just want to point out, in the inside of Brandon McGowan's thing, it says, specializing in exclusive counseling for college placement. Mm. So outside the school, Ella's walking out. Arya chases her out. <laughs> well, Ella's like trying to leave, and Arya's just like, "Hey, hey, hey, where are you going? Where are you going? Were you leaving early for lunch or something?" Um, now I think we have to talk about Arya's outfit because oh, we get a nice good thank look of it here. God, um, Arya is dressed like the Commodore of the Petite Nightmare Brigade. Let's start from the bottom. Yes, black leather, like I don't know, booty high heel things or something. They're like ankle high, but with like five inch heels. Right, right. And, of course, like, black stockings up to the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but then. Legs. Yeah, but then. Yes, yes. It's like somebody took a bunch of, like, uh, neckties that they're going to get their dad for Father's Day and instead sewed them into the miniskirt. Like a, like a, like a insane, maddening tartan skirt, but with men's ties. Yeah, all the, the bottoms of the skirt is a bunch of little points from all the ties. It's like Byron's, like, where the fuck are all my ties? And Arya's just like, I haven't seen them. I don't know. And then she goes to school. She has on then a blouse that is entirely cheetah print, but like, like way too yellow. Like, like the kind yellow, of cheetah, silky cheetah print. Yeah. The kind of cheetah that drinks from a watering hole behind a nuclear power plant. And then on, on top of this ensemble, she has, I what is that? Like a, a Navy Commodore's jacket from like the, a, like a, the British Imperial Navy. Like a nautical jacket, but the kind of jacket that even strippers eventually take off as part of their act. It's mm-hmm. she needs a captain's hat, like tippy the bird on her shoulder, maybe a pipe and an eye patch. I'm pretty sure if Arya gets on uh like a Her Majesty's boat, she is afforded the same privileges as the captain if she's wearing this. We are not amused. If I could paraphrase, I know this is kind of douchey. If I could paraphrase oh. Dolly for a moment here, I don't take drugs. Arya's outfits are drugs. <laughs> This is the most insane. I don't know how I forgot this outfit. Yeah, I'd forgotten about like the Commodore jacket she's wearing. I knew that season four contained her worst outfit ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I forgot about. Well, this. and it, but at the same time, she looks good in it. Oh, she looks fantastic, yeah. which is even scarier. But I mean, where is the deleted scene where just people walking down the hallway at, at Rosewood High and being like, 
what the fuck is she wearing now? This is why I really wish they did a like commentary on like the DVDs for the show. Because I would, I would love to hear somebody, anybody involved with this show, comment about this outfit. I, I would like to know, is it Mandy Line? Mandy Line, yeah, she's a costume I, designer. I would love to just see her book about. Well, like, did you have to sew fashion. a bunch of ties together, or did you actually like find that somewhere? Yeah, is there somebody who like in the art department <laughs> for Alloy Entertainment like does this? Um, yeah. So, so Arya follows Ella all the way out to her car. And Ella's like, oh, you know, I was going to go see the Muffin Man. And Arya's like, oh, cool, planning your trip? And Ella's like, yeah, not so much. Going to go tell him the trip is off. And she keeps, like, trying to leave, but Arya keeps stopping her, and they finally get in a car Whoa. together. So, uh, real quick, I, I love this Arya line. She's like, you bet on how much streusel you can eat before you're craving a patty melt? Um, Arya has the weirdest lines in this episode. This episode, seriously, yeah. So, uh when Ella says that she's going to tell him the trip is off and turns to leave again, Arya you know, scoffs. And then she's like, what? Why? Did you guys get in a fight? And Ella's like, no, no, nothing like that. It's just, um, I've just changed my mind. And Arya just like, you know, her hair is starting to catch fire. She's like, hold it. Like two days ago, you were modeling thermals and moo-moos. Moo-moos? Uh, oh. What happened? And Ella says, I came to my senses. We can talk about it later. She gets in her car. Arya gets in with her. So, real quick, the, when they were standing together, the profile shot is fascinating because Arya and her heels is so much taller, it seems, than Ella. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing there's no one else around because I feel like if Arya mentioned Moomoo's about her mom in front of mm-hmm. other people, Ella would have slapped her. Well, and also, putting Arya in heels next to Ella makes it seem like Arya might be tall, which is frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Holly we Marie know, Combs is like super short. We know that whenever Arya gets taller than somebody, she feels that she has the dominance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she gets in and she's like, did somebody maybe with the letter A say or do something to you that make you change your mind? And I was like, yes, actually, I had a long talk with your brother and he's not comfortable with me leaving. And Arya's just like, who? What brother? What? Um, Oh, please, Mom. Mike can take care of What the fuck? That little shit? I'll kill him. She is so fucking dismissive of her little brother here. Her little Mm -hmm. brother who had emotional problems just a few short months ago. Her Uh, little brother who was clearly distraught even back in season one when her parents first split up. I I have two comments here. One is uh, in the Jacob Clifton television without pity recap. I think his line is something like where Aryu is like, are we sure we have a little brother? (laughs) Like, are we sure Mikey exists? He's like Uh, the... uh, the little sister in Family Matters who like goes yeah. upstairs one episode and never returns. Secondly, do you remember the time Mike was like, hey, I'm looking for a gun to kill myself? And Arya was like, but what about this pottery you stole? That's more important. Yeah. Sister of the year. Yeah. But Ella, clearly, like, throughout this whole scene, does not want to have this conversation. And Arya's like, fuck that. We're talking. Well, well Ella's like, look, Mike still isn't recovered from my moving out and putting an ocean between us wouldn't be ideal. And Arya stopped listening because there's like a little bee, like a, a little, a, an insect crawling around on like the AC vent. Mm-hmm. And Ella like finally notices this and like smashes it with some paper. Well, after she's just like, she's noticed for the first time that Arya is mm-hmm. blatantly not listening to her. And she's like, what are you looking at? <laughs> well, there's it- just weird like, like POV from the, yeah, uh, the, the dash, like from the bee as like Ella smashes it. You know, the last thing that went through that bee's mind was. Uh, it's ass. Zing. Uh, Ella's like, see, this is why I can't move 5,000 miles away. Yeah. What would you do without me? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arya like insists that they're not losing for her forever. It's just a couple of months. Like Mike can deal with it. Fuck him. And Ella's like Arya. Like I can't discuss this right now. We'll talk tonight or talk tomorrow at family night. Okay. The family night. Yeah. The horror. Mm-hmm. The horror. Um, Sorry. Size. Size gets out. Inside, Ella starts to put her makeup on. And then outside, Arya gets a text. And she does this weird thing where she turns around to read the text mm-hmm. so that she's facing back towards the car. Mm-hmm. And text says, This is just the first taste of my venom. Kisses, A. Arya's like, hmm. And back inside the car, hey, there's another bee in here. And another, and another. Oh shit, there are bees coming out of all the vents and like swarming inside the car. And- so Ella's putting on her makeup. She hears a noise, then tilts the mirror like <laughs> two degrees. This sees a, a swarm of bees in her back seat. <laughs> and she's like, oh shit. She turns back and looks at them. She starts like swatting at them. And then we get the return of like the bee POV shots. It's like the mm-hmm. camera's like zooming in on Holly Marie Combs, like slice and stab her. Um, she starts screaming. Arya's still looking at her phone, like, hmm. Well, and like she's looking up, like, oh, what's going on over there? Is the my car mom's... is rocking. Yeah, my mom's just waving like... her hands around like a crazy person, like a hippie dancing at a musical festival. Well Screaming. done, eh? How did A do this? And then they, and Arya yells, "Mom!" And then they go to commercial break. I'm just imagining A like sitting up late one night, like creating a little box with a remote control hinge that unleashes bees. Right, and right. then like sneaking under Ella's car to like install it on the AC vent, like, like six hours of mm-hmm. just like intensive installing. So and like, it's just like I hope she fucking enjoys this. I just want to like in the production office, they're just like, well, if you got this sequence here, this requires the big time skills of Mister McGarris, right? <laughs> um, so we cut to the Verinda Brew. Uh, we see Ella just got attacked by bees. Like he, we we talk about it casually, but like that's the kind of show this is. The, yeah. the crazy scenes mundane. Every the normal for this show is when the car drives off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the Rwindo Brew, we see the tallest, lankiest, goofiest bro ever getting his coffee from the counter, going to his table. Spoiler: This is Brendan McGowan. He's in the background. We pan over to Emily for apron on on the phone. She's obviously taking a break while working yet again. She doesn't seem to work a whole lot at the brew. She's nope. talking to Arya. Will Ella be okay? Yeah, she's fine. Arya says they put her on some anti-inflammatories, and she says, "Look." I'm the one who needs a shot. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Of course, because it's all about you, Arya. Arya's pacing. We cut over to Arya's room. She's pacing back and forth in that truly insane outfit. Yeah, and Emily's like, can you, can you talk to your mom? Can you explain? And Arya's like, explain what, Em? The A gave her four-wheel hive? What does that even mean? I, I feel like, so in, in my fan fiction, Emily's like, how long did you spend thinking of that one? And Arya's yeah. like, a while. <laughs> it's basically all I've been thinking about, not my mother. Uh, so Arya's like, I gotta get my mom out of town before A decides to unleash the rest of her evil arc. And Emily's like, like, huh? Like Noah's arc? Yeah, that's, that one, <laughs> that's a real stretch, Arya. Arya, keep your writing mostly personal and mostly to yourself. Uh, Arya has I mean, to it's go. not like two giraffes attacked Ella or something, like bees, <laughs> that, that's pretty obscure. That's season six. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. <laughs> Petting, petting zoo gone horribly wrong. Uh... <laughs> Ari has to go. Her mom's doctor's on the other line. Emily's just like, thank God, I can't take much more of this. Emily goes back to work. Why is Arya's mom's doctor calling her? Why is she calling Arya? Yeah. Yeah. Arya, like her her carer, her mind. Arya, like, demanded she be checked in on. The doctor's just like, you will tell me everything. Arya's just like, no, my mom needs some more serious drugs Mm -hmm. for me. I mean, for my mom, for me, mostly for me. Can you also just, like, ship her to London? Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, no, Austria. 
Oh, never mind. I'll just snort my outfit. It's it's insane enough. Um, so Emily goes back to work. She stops by Brendan McGowan's table and watches him. She sees that he has his name and his giant logo on a leather binder. Yeah. Is 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 he Brendan? Yes, he is. Are you Spencer? LOL. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course she is. They're the same person. Mm-hmm. Emily's like, no, I'm a friend. Spencer's running a little late. Where is Spencer? Um but uh, he, he figures she could tell who he was because of his big ass binder. And she's like, yeah, it has your company name on it. And so they kind of fake laugh. And she asks if he can get get him anything else. Now, do you think she's flirting here? I know. I think she's just just being just polite, being polite and, yeah. and dare I say charming. Mm-hmm. Um, he is dressed like a professional hipster. Full stop. Uh, we'll talk about this guy a little later. Yeah. Um. So Emily says, at the risk of sounding rude, what is yeah. it that you do, actually? And he's like, well, I'm white and I come from a good family. Well, um, he's like, he's frustrated. Like, like, why do people always ask me to explain what my bullshit job actually yeah. is? I help applicants put their best foot forward and try to get them FaceTime with people who can champion them. Which is another way of saying I'm white and well-connected. Well, then he, then he adds on top of it, the cherry on top, he says, but honestly, most of my work is emotional. People get crazed in this process. They need someone to help them over the hot coals. And Emily's like, I get that. Whatever that means. Uh, She says, I was ready to swim my way into Stanford before my shoulder got busted. So now I don't know what to do. And he says, well, if I were your advisor, I'd figure out a way to rebrand you. You're basically an object. Something, 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 thought technology. This bro is like semi-professional, like cool hunting for hot young puss. Uh, Captain Date Rape of the lacrosse team. I don't like this guy at all. Yeah. She asks how he got into all of this because he looks like he just graduated himself. He says that it's a family business and he trained early. Yeah, but thanks for noticing how not old I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm not collecting Social Security just yet. He says every time I walk through a high school door with a blazer and a tie, I feel like I might as well be Grandpa Munster. Three things. One, Grandpa Munster also wears a medal around his neck, so get that right. Two, the Munsters is a weird reference to make to a teenager, I think, but there's also a Mockingbird Lane. There's also a Mockingbird Lane in Rosewood, we've Mm -hmm. learned. Three, a blazer and a tie is what Spencer wears to school like every other week. Mm-hmm. Also, well, there's a girl wearing a skirt made of ties. This guy's probably thinking, like, yeah, you're in high school and all, but I'm in Rosewood, so that's cool, right? I mean, yeah. I've heard stories. Yeah, we've all heard tale of the uh, tale that can be mm-hmm. found in Rosewood. He uh, offers so- to go through some school of hers, and at least as Spencer shows up, and Emily's like, yeah, that'd be great. Fuck my job. Yeah. Not at all what I was angling for this whole time. I was chatting you up. And yeah. so she sits down and look at some college with them, and she kind of looks over like a little guilty, like, uh oh, you know, hope Spencer doesn't get here right away. My, my last real point on this guy's job do you think this guy has Byron Montgomery on speed dial at all? This guy? Yeah. Do well, you think he places anybody at Hollis? I feel like his Could phone. Ezra have gone to Hollis because of this guy. What? I feel like if you look at this guy's contacts, there's just one, and it says the patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Or daddy mm-hmm. yeah uh either or Cutter spencer's living room speaking of which veronica's like bringing a tray of refreshments over to the couch because ashley marin is over it's tea. another They're having tea sorry yeah it's tea it's another mom summit but not really it's a mom summit slash like legal advice session yeah. uh tea having steaming hot tea is there any is there like uh fermented tea do they make that for ashley um 
I feel like tea is a very interesting beverage in this episode. Yeah, we'll get to that later. So Uh, Ashley's like, thanks for doing this. I didn't want anyone to see me coming to your office. Why, Ashley? Yeah, well. Because you're in Rosewood, that's why. She doesn't want to run to Pastor fucking Ted again, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Veronica wants to know what Ashley came here to talk about. And Ashley's like, Wilden. Darren Wilden. I want to tell you my side of the story. And Veronica nods like, I really don't care, but whatever. Uh, And Ashley says, unless you think you already know. Veronica's like, I've heard some rumors, but look, I have to ask you this as a formality. Are you talking to me as your friend or as a lawyer? And Ashley's like, hopefully both. I have bad boundaries. I wanted Uh, Veronica to laugh at that. Yeah. I think the police are building a case against me. And Veronica's like, I'll look into that. I've got a contact on the force. Just one? Barry? Oh, if they could meet like in a parking garage and like, oh. It's just like, they don't know shit. She's like, thanks, Barry. I, my mind is just reeling. It's like so many like possibilities that skew out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ashley's like, you know, aren't you going to ask me? And Veronica's like, what? And then she's like, if I'm guilty, Veronica ignores that, saying that she'll call her contact and for Ashley just to sit tight. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley says that, you know, Veronica's like, no, 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 I don't think you're guilty. My daughter, Melissa, killed him. So you're cool. Or Spencer mm-hmm. or my husband. Yeah. Where is Peter? It's off hunting for artifacts. Yeah, as Nathan Drake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Father of Cece Drake. Yeah. Uh, so Ashley looks very sad and she's like, I've got some skeletons in my closet. Just didn't want you to be surprised. And Veronica's like, nothing surprises me anymore. What does she be like? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Well, what skeletons? I mean, as, other than like banging Wilden to like make it make a charge for your daughter go away. Is there anything else there? All right. So maybe like a lot of DUI arrests that should have happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like a lot. A lot of cops giving her a ride home, and and yeah. Um. So again, I know I've we've hyped this before as a joke, but I'm deadly serious. Hastings and oh. Hastings and Hastings and Hastings. This spinoff needs to happen. Oh yeah, that like, that in actual bad guys. Yeah, in actual bad guys, which we could we could do an hour on easily. But like, whenever like the show needs to like do like it's like pseudo Perry Mason storylines, Veronica Hastings steps in. Mm-hmm. Um. So we got to the rear window brew where. Brennan McGowan and Emily are, are well into their meeting. He tells her that she needs to cover her bases. He flips his legal pad around and shows her three colleges she should apply to. Plus, one of them has a Polynesian studies major. Yeah. Is she Hawaiian? And Emily's like, uh, and I love that we get this answer. She's like, uh, Filipino, Korean, Irish, Scottish. And he's like, I have a multi-ethnic boner. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Or Emily says, yeah, I'm not really interested in Polynesian studies. I want to major in bi- biology. And he gets this, like, a weird smile. He's like, no harm in faking it for a while, right? Smarmy as fuck. And she's just like, I can help anybody work the system. Ha <laughs> ha. I'd like to point out that we, we ignore the obvious cheap drinking jokes about her her heritage. There's some good ones. Mm. Well, I feel like this guy's like, so we're going to pretend that you're, like, really into, like, Polynesian stuff because you're Polynesian. You can you can pass as Polynesian, right? Like, that seems to be his angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're Hawaiian, right? We'll just say you're Hawaiian and you, like, really care about, like, Polynesian culture. He's like, look, your skin is the color of my coffee and I got this fetish for coconut bras. Let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer shows up. Spencer, Emily- like, teleports in out of nowhere. She's just <laughs> like like right next to them suddenly yeah. uh emily starts to leave and spencer's like no go ahead and stay well, fuck your job emily well she apologizes for being late where were you spencer yeah what was your crazy self up to but i you know i feel like we give emily shit for like blowing off her job 
mm-hmm. constantly. But again, her friend's mom is fucking the owner anyway, so she's golden, right? Well, I think that's another barista walking by in the background there. What does she think? She thinks, I fucking hate this bitch. She's Shields. just like, ah, I have to work with Fields again this afternoon. I mean, Sookie Stackhouse worked more at her job than mm-hmm. Emily does. That's saying um, something. But uh, yeah, we, here we get the close-up. And not only does like Spencer's cardigan have mini ball bearings all over it, <laughs> but her purse is spiked. Yeah, a white knit cardigan with these like weird ball bearings and like a you know diamond it's pattern. Like, it is like her spiked purse. Her Mister Rogers like cardigan sweater is ribbed for like S and M pleasure. Um, mm. Brendan McGowan has this weekend's visits to Brown all set up. Oh, how do you think those are gonna go? Spencer's just like overruled. We're going to check out Cicero. <laughs> and he's like, I'm he's a little confused. Cicero wasn't even on your list. I uh, assumed your mom, I understood from your mom that we were focusing on the Ivies. And Spencer's like, yeah, but it never hurts to have a safety school, right? And I, I liked uh, in the Jacob Clifton recap, it's basically like, this guy's got to be thinking like, look, here's the deal. Like, I get you where you want to go. Like, it's a formality that we go there. You know, yeah. this is how this works. Just play along. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to put some FaceTime in, you know, mm-hmm. since we did the episode previously. They um, pay me money. I go to the college you want to go to with you, and magically you're accepted to that college. Do you see how that works? Yeah, but so real quick, I want to say, like, you know, I think we make jokes about the patriarchy, which Wayne Fields clearly represents, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other bros on this show, too. But, like, it's not just about the evil, bad dudes and the institutions they represent, though there are plenty. Veronica's also occasionally a part of that problem. Oh, it's just waspy old money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like you know, the, the status quo that you have to conform to. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, Brendan McGowan... Uh, jumps on his his loafered feet and says you know well then i suggest that we uh we meet at cicero tomorrow yeah postpone brown they'll go to cicero and spencer's like actually i was thinking i should probably go by myself you know to get a real feel for the place beer pong and he's like i think our time would be better spent with department heads the director of admissions happens to be a family friend oh the family friend we have in common benjamin franklin (laughs) and spencer's like it's close yeah um. Yeah. Emily then asks if Cicero would be a good fit for her too, and Spencer's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you, should you should totally, totally come. come. I'll drive the both of us." And he's just like, "The fuck is going on here? Am I getting laid?" <laughs> no. Spoiler no. alert. No. College porn. Mm-hmm. Cut to Arya's living room. Oh boy. <laughs> oh shit. The scene. How long has it been since we've seen Mikey Montgomery? Uh, I'm gonna scan the wiki and see if it'll tell me. No, that's fine. if it's even capable of telling me. It seems like it's been a while because he's like he's older now. Because this actor, I think, was like only like 17 at the time. Um, he's definitely like a little more jacked than he used to be. He like grows exponentially each mm-hmm. season. <laughs> like, yeah. Like before we get this this scene, like, don't don't misunderstand us. We fucking love this show. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Well, and there's a great call out where Arya's like, when did you get here? And he's just like, a minute ago. Shout out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're always in the room. Mike Montgomery's just chilling on the couch, playing on his iPad, and Arya comes in the room. Arya's like super pissy. Uh, yeah, so when did he get home? Just did. You know, he's not sure where their dad is. He's out. How's mom? Puffy. And Arya's just like, can we talk? And he's just like, later, okay? I'm crushing this level. Too bad. Yeah. Arya reaches over and yanks the iPad out of his hand. He's like, what the hell? He's like, what did you say to mom to make her change her mind about Europe? 
He gets up. He obviously wants his iPad back because he's crushing mm-hmm. that level. She did keeps you, holding it away from him. Did she you looks, think that she was just going to throw it into the fire here? Oh, I Because there's like a fire it. burning in the background between I thought she was going to throw it in the fire or like break it over her knee. She's like, I learned this from windows. Spencer and just th- chucks it in the fire. Or punch her fist through it. Yeah, she looks demented. Um, mm-hmm. Arya's like, do you not even care that she's in a bed right now covered in like five layers of calamine lotion? And he's like, well, of course I do. What does that have to do with Europe? And she's like, it's just a fair question. <laughs> Nothing. Look, Mike, my point is you're being selfish, okay? He's you're like, sitting uh-huh. here playing video games while she's trying to fight her swelling, and you won't even let her leave for her trip. And Mike, he's just thinking like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. He says she said she needed her rest. How is that being selfish? And he's like, because you only want her around to hold your hand while you're writing a paper. And he's like, excuse me? I like having mom here. Why are you totally, trying to ship her off? Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not not a big deal for a student or young person, male or female, to like having their mom around. <laughs> Ari's like, no, that's weird. Uh, yeah, She's why are you trying to ship her off? And Ari's like, because I care about her happiness. That's why. She is about to rage against the dying of the light on poor Mikey's unsuspecting ass here. Well, like and I love suspecting. that the the lighting here, it's like a flickering from the fire, you know, and their mm-hmm. typical, like, dark house with no lights in it. Uh, and Mikey's just like, try your own. The only reason you want her, gone, want her to go so bad is so you can start boffing your teacher again. Arya looks shocked. It's, it's like stunned hatred, and Mikey yanks his iPad back, and he says, it's hard to get frisky with fits when someone is looking over your shoulder, huh? And she gives, like, the, like, weakest, lamest, like, push with both hands. She's just like, eh, and just, like, pu- pushes him. She gives him the straight-up Elaine, like, get out, push mm-hmm. from Seinfeld. But he moves, like, half an inch. She And then she just storms that. off. She's, like, so pissed. Because uh, you're, you're forgetting the fact that the, the night is dark and full of Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, also, where do you think Mike learned the word boffing? From Byron? I think from Noel Kahn. Whoa. Noel mm-hmm. Kahn's just like, boff this, boff that. Mm-hmm. Spoff everything. Everything's boffing with that guy. <laughs> all Arya sh- all the time. Yeah, shoves him and walks away. Damn. That, so that was he- well. It's funny because Arya is like being such a monster here, but she is like there's a, a theoretical good reason she's trying to do. This. She's trying to protect her mom. She can't say that. Right. So she just comes off like this huge witch, crazed. Yeah, and poor Mike is just like, my sister's out of her mind, and she's ridiculously terrifying. But he pops back down on the couch and continues, like, crushing that candy or whatever. Candy crush, yeah. Um, Cut to Hannah's kitchen. It's night. Hannah's, like, sitting at the table doing her homework. Imagine that. As she comes in, she asks Hannah for help with dinner. It's her usual takeout. Bags of takeout. Um, Ashley, Ashley, Smashley, has heard that some Ashley, that's kind of a creepy uh, pairing there, you know. Ashley, yeah, that'd be good. Um, she's heard from some of the kids of her school are going, are going to college campus this weekend. And, you know, does Hannah not want to go? And Hannah, I love this line. She is such a magical unicorn. She says, I don't like it when tour guides walk backwards. It makes me nauseous, especially when they're wearing pleated jeans. Well, as she's saying this, Ashley's just kind of contemplating her wonderful daughter. Like, wow. Yeah. Especially when they're wearing pleated jeans and Ashley's like, fine. And Hannah says, I don't need to look at colleges. I already know where I want to go. And Ashley says, well, before you get into the Fashion Institute, you might want to have some other choices. And so the phone the, rings. Yeah. yeah. Phone rings. Ashley gets it and immediately gets sketchy. And she's like, uh, I can talk. Uh, I just didn't think you'd you know, hear from you so soon. And Hannah's just kind of eyeing this. And Ashley says, why don't you start without me? 
And she like walks into the other room. So as soon as she's out of the room, Hannah immediately goes and grabs the other line to listen in on. Of course. Because, man. That's landline, what you do. Landline phones. This episode's full of landline phones. Yeah, yeah. It's like devoted to them. Um, but yes. this, this is what the Marin girls do. Um, so we hear Ashley on the phone uh, as Hannah listens in. And Ashley says, I don't understand. How bad is it? And Veronica's like, you should come by my office first thing in the morning. Yeah. So then we come to next day. Hannah's in her kitchen on the phone and she's saying, okay, so remember their divorce and everything. But do you think your dad would ever cover up for your mom if she was in serious trouble? She's talking to Arya. We cut to Arya, who's just like lying in bed. And she's like, hi, good morning. Arya's been a real bitch to Hannah throughout this like devastatingly scary time in Hannah's life, right? Well, Arya has her own shit going on. Well, I mean, as I say that, please, again, remember, I adore the Arya character. Mm-hmm. But she's been a huge bitch to him. Yeah. And it's like, I never went to bed. Do you think your dad would still put himself on the line for your mom if she really needed it? And Arya's like, I don't know, Han. Yeah, I mean, I think he would. She sits up and she's like, did you call your dad? And well, Hannah's- Arya, Seriously, Arya, why do you think she's asking you such a bizarre question? Yeah. Hannah's not sure she should. She wonders if Caleb is right. If she pushes her dad to help, will he just go the other way and like tell the cops? I mean, does Arya regularly get phone calls from her friends at all hours at night in which they pose like weird hypotheticals to her? I'm I guessing the answer is probably so, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, what if Caleb's right in my eye? Uh, well, my Nar- dad Arya's help. like, well, why don't you just call Caleb? But Hannah's like, well, of course I already tried to call it him. But he's out camping with his uncle dad. Mm. Closest thing he has to your phone is an empty can of beans. Oh, well. well. It's off being a werewolf. See, Hannah Zinger's land. Yeah. Yeah, Arya Zinger's not landing. Arya, like, wonders what brought this all on, and Hannah tells her that the muddy shoes are gone. They're not under the sink. And one, you know, she's wondering if A took them. And Arya's like, maybe they're in her closet. Did you check there? And so Hannah goes and tries the door. I guess Ashley's, like, at work. Or um, at Veronica's. Or, is this yeah, yeah, it could be at Veronica's. Place. Yeah. So she tries the door, and this the door is locked because, and that's weird because uh, she never locks her closet because yeah. closets have locks. Yeah. Right. Uh, I lock my closet all the time. I I know you can lock people in your closet. I. Uh, I am pretty sure that like nobody has ever locked a closet. Period, unless it has like a weird latch on it. They don't make, put locks on closets unless you're locking away like clues. Right. Sure. Sure. I, mean, I guess. So Arya's like, well, she picked a good time to start locking that closet. And so hmm. Hannah says she has to go. Arya will check in later. But Arya wants Hannah to check in for later. Yeah. And Hannah's just like, oh, you're the worst. Hangs up. Cut to Emily's bedroom. She's packing a bag. Wayne Fields knocks on the door. He asks if she needs him to drop her at Spencer's. She says no. Spencer's going to pick her up. He pulls out his wallet and gives Emily, what is this, like $80? It's a, a wad of 20s. Once again, Wayne Fields is doing the like, sleeves like pulled up not rolled up but like pulled up on the forearms just to show that he's a man of action yeah uh yeah he throws some money at her and it's like hey why don't you you know take spencer out for a pizza or something my treat well first he's like gas money a little extra and she's like that's way too much and he's like i want you to have a good weekend you know treat spencer to pizza and my Emily's, treat my treat and emily's like i'm good i got paid yesterday he's like then buy yourself something good a handbag whatever you little girls like later <laughs> Do they pay Emily for the hours that she's scheduled, for the hours that she works? Oh, uh, do, do student loans not exist in the PLL verse? 
Yeah, seriously, like like the indentured servitude that is student loans that Emily should mm-hmm. be signing up for. Emily says thanks. Wayne leaves. Emily stares down at the money in her hands, pondering. Uh, we cut to Arya's house. So Arya's coming back inside. She's wearing a gray sweater with a pink tiger on the front. The tiger has a ginormous face. That's not even weird by Arya's standards. You no, know, this is this is adorable by Arya's standards. It's like stripes go all the way down. So this is flash dance by Arya's standards. But I think the tigers are going to be revealed to clearly be like Arya's power animal. I Perhaps. have so many I have so many dumb jokes in my notes about how Arya is burning bright and her fearful symmetry is out of this world. Um oh. Arya's apparently just gone back from seeing Ella. Byron is there, we see, sitting at his desk, and he's like, you know, how's she doing? And Arya says she's fine, but tired from the medication. Byron just nods. He, he does that, like, Byron concern face. <laughs> and Arya's like, you gonna see her? And he's like, I was playing to you later. And she's like, well, can it be sooner than later? She needs you. <laughs> and Byron's like, uh, no, she doesn't. I divorced her. And Arya says, well, she needs you to go to tell her to go to Europe. I do, too. Arya looks desperate as fuck. And Byron's like, Arya... Are you asking me to convince your mother to run off with her new boyfriend? Byron's like, uh huh, yeah, I know what I'm, I'm, what a monster I am. Yeah, definitely. Byron the saint who waited weeks after his divorce to move in his young, psychotic, home wrecking girlfriend. Yeah, he says, well, that's not gonna happen. Look, why would you want me to do that? Really, that's weird. And Arya says that she thinks Ella doesn't understand what she's giving up if she doesn't go. And Byron's like. Two questions. One, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Two, wouldn't you miss her? And Harry's like, yes, yeah, so much. And she's like full of emotion now, almost crying. You know? yeah. Ella's only staying here because she thinks she has to. And you're the only person who can release her from that. And Byron's basically like, look, your mom's a grown ass woman. She makes her own decisions. And Ari says, look, I know this is a really strange request, stranger <laughs> than usual, but she values your opinion. And she still cares a lot about what you think of her. You know, like Arya and all the other Montgomerys, the key to Byron is pandering and flattery. Yeah, Byron's face is just like this bitch. Yeah, yeah, but it softens. Uh, so we've got the Hannah peeking through the keyhole, which is such a cool shot. Yeah, it's like the TTMM logo. Hannah's going to get through that keyhole, yo. Um, well, freaking- not only does her closet, her mom's closet, have a, a lock, but it's like an old-timey like keyhole. Yeah. 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 Um. We can so again we can assume that Ashley's over at Veronica's office, which is just across the street from the church. At the Cicero College, which we're outside the student union, it's daytime or you know outside. There's tables and booths set up with brochures and shit. Brendan McGowan is leading Spencer and Emily around. He's telling them that their first stop of the day is going to be the Regents Tea, where the head of the humanities department is going to be. Yeah, um, make sure you reference Kierkegaard when you're there. Ugh. I wanted Spencer to say like, seriously, don't talk to me about existentialism, Danish or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Spencer is, looks like she's like entirely ran out of fucks to give like sometime last season. Yeah, and she did. <laughs> Emily interrupts to ask about the sorority scholarships you mentioned. Like, does she, you know, how do you get one of those? Do they require pom poms? And he's laughing at this. Meanwhile, Spencer zeroes in at some like nerd over at a table. The biggest nerd in the entire universe. A, there's a sign on the table that says, if I don't know the answer, there isn't one. It's like the information table in his what is, shirt. Asking, I was like, what is he promoting? <laughs> yeah, his smart? shirt says, shut your pie hole. Only pie is a pie sign. Also, he's got, what was that, like a Hawaiian shirt underneath this shirt? That's yeah, like, you can see the collar and sleeves. This guy. That's a look. That's a look you try out in college. This this guy is wearing something that Seth Cohen would have wore. 
but he is mm-hmm. not Adam Brody. That's a very large head. It's a that very is a, that is a big melon yeah. large head. This guy's look. I you could write a whole thesis on this guy's look. He's playing some kind of game on his phone or whatever. Spencer goes back over to Brendan McGowan and Emily. She comes back just as Brendan McGowan is telling Emily that he'd be happy to talk about her options with her, you know, over a meal. Um, so once Spencer's back, Brendan McGowan like tries to normalize, says that he's going to go back, get get their badges. Once he's gone, Spencer tells Emily that she can dial the act back a little. Yeah, he can dial it back a bit. He doesn't need to believe we actually want to go to this piece of shit school. I just need you to help me distract him long enough so that we can go track down that number Allie kept calling. Uh, and Emily, the like, reference to be the bird as much as possible. I really wish they would. To be the bird, yeah. Emily, like, tries to get a word in here, but Spencer's just, like, steamrolling. She's just like, he's going to come back any second. So here's the plan. Well, I'm going to hit up Jar Jar Binks over there. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I need you to occupy Brendan at S'mores with Boars or whatever. First chance you get, brush him off, meet me back here. Got it? And Emily's like, eh, fine. Hold on. Congrats, Troy and Belisario. That is easily the greatest line you will ever be asked (laughs) to deliver in your entire career. Oh, I disagree because there's a better one coming up. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I like that Spencer somewhat naturally, I think, just assumes that Emily's falling into their usual routine. Well, like, Spencer's just, just like this fucking school. What suit. a shithole. Anyone who ever went to the school would be a bad human being. Yeah. Anyway. And Emily's like, mm-hmm. anyone who even dreamed of going here would be a terrible person and not someone worthy of my friendship. But anyway, you got your side <laughs> of the plan, Emily? I'll take your your lack of commitment and like total silence as a yes. <laughs> so Brendan McGowan comes back. He asks if they're ready to go. And Spencer's like, yeah, I need to freshen up. So I'm going to head back to the hotel and meet you guys later. He he says okay to this like way too easily. I mean, literally, she is what the paying client. What else are you client. supposed to say? But she is the paying client. Well, she's the client and she, she basically used the... One of the the only like free female get out of jail free cards there is, which is just like lady business. And this guy's just like, yeah, whatever you say. So Spencer leaves. Brennan McGowan holds up the passes, and he's straight up like, ta da! Mm-hmm. This dude is square than square. Such a he's dork. And Emily like fake laughs at him. Four-sided polygon. Yeah, Hannah's hallway. We cut to uh, Hannah's still trying to pick up that <laughs> or pick the lock on that closet door. Uh, I'd like to think that this is like five hours later, and this is all she's been doing. <laughs> And it's not that dumb. It's like maybe three hours. She's determined. She finally gets it open. She goes inside. She moves some clothes around. She sees a travel bag on the floor. She unzips it, pulls something out, wraps in a scarf. Inside the scarf is a revolver. Mm-hmm. Hannah's face. Hannah's face. Very concerned. Uh, cut to her after the commercial. She's calling people on her phone. She's in the she, kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like a big pink bag next to her and this gun just like on the, the kitchen island in front of her. And, she has alternating uh, orange and yellow fingernails, BTW. Tries Arya, gets voicemail, of course. She's like, I'm not leaving that bitch a voicemail. Yeah. Tries Spencer, answers, Hannah's relief. Oh, thank God. Why wasn't Spencer her first call? Well, because Arya's her other. True. Yeah. Spencer's like, Hannah, now it's not the time, okay? I need answers from a guy who spends his weekends pretending to be a Hufflepuff. I've got to focus here. No one pretends to be a Hufflepuff, Spencer. All right, Spencer's been in a lot of tight spots before, but this challenge will require all her prowess with pop culture and genre references. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go. Which pillow was which Harry Potter house? Um, if I have to put somebody only in one slot, right, right, 
I'll say, I mean, Emily's clearly a Hufflepuff. Arya is clearly a Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and say Spencer's the Ravenclaw. Hannah's a Slytherin. Really? Although I feel like you could put Spencer in Slytherin as well. And maybe Hannah and Hufflepuff. Couldn't you at times put Arya in Slytherin as well? No, she's a Gryffindor. No one is ever more Gryffindor than Arya is. So, for the rest of this podcast forever, we're occasionally just going to award 50 points to Gryffindor because Arya mm-hmm. does something amazing. Um, Hannah says, you know, she's like bugging out. She needs Spencer's help. Hannah went Spencer through Ashley's closet. And Spencer's like, would you please leave your poor mother alone? You already gave her a <laughs> Brittany Shears in your dreams. <laughs> what else are you going to do to that poor woman? Spencer has to go. So yeah, look, to... I gotta go. That number Allie kept calling is in the Sari code. If we can find board shorts, we can find out what happened to Allie or something. Wish me luck. And Hannah's like, no, Spencer, wait, I click. We're mm. still on me. We haven't dealt with me yet. So like, like, I actually found real evidence, click. Yeah, uh, Hannah is super frustrated and crazy and reckless here. She clumsily picks up the gun, touching the handle at one point, rewraps it. In the oh, scarf. getting the prints all over, yeah. Yeah, time to do something crazy. She puts it in her pink backpack. Uh, she goes, she's gone from pink drinks to pink backpack. Hannah is a runaway train of bad decisions right now. It's awesome. Well, they all are in their own way. Yeah. So Spencer walks up to the ultimate nerd. Yeah, oh shut your pie hole, bro, here. My God. I love her approach. It's like she she kind of saunters up. She's doing the head tilt like yeah. all the way. Yeah. And let me find her dialogue here. She says, I love your shirt. Or f- first she, she says hi. And he just like ignores her and he's playing on his iPhone. So she says, I love your shirt. And so he puts his, the phone away and just like folds his hands and like very pointedly asks, like, what can her, I do for you? He gives her a very curt smile. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, I was just wondering if you could tell me whose number this is. And she like shows him the slip of paper that the number's on. Uh, and he's like, there's an automated directory right over there. <laughs> and she's like, okay, but even though it's a campus number, it's actually unlisted. I know, right? And he's like, if it's unlisted, I don't have it either. I can't help you. And Spencer just starts getting saucy. She's like, you can't or you won't. Look, man, I totally get it, okay? You shall not pass. The thing is, it's really important, so please. He gives her such a look. Like, one, your accent is bad, and I hate the Peter Jackson abortion adaptations of those magnificent fantasy epics of literature. And two, eat shit. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to go home and create an app in which you compare far- like ladies to farm animals. He really is. Yeah, and- he says, for all I know, that number doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. And she this- says, it totally exists. I just need to know where. She she is so rude and pandering to this guy, and I love it. <laughs> the other thing about this guy, I mean, he's such a cliche. But the other thing about him is that I feel like once he walked into the room, the casting director was like, there is no way you're not casting him. <laughs> Look at that melon. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Spencer just needs to know where. He says, Why? It's, per- it's personal, she says. And he says, you're trying to track down an old boyfriend or something? And Spencer's like, what? No, why would you even think that? And he says, I know girls like you. You got the crazy eyes. Her face. And this is the greatest line possibly she's ever delivered. And she's like, they're not that crazy. And she like blinks her eyes at the same time. It's such an awesome line reading. And he says, crazy enough. And then they bang. Oh, and then she just gives him like the full power of can't stop, won't stop. Like just like glares like lasers through him until he relents. And he's just like, fine, let me see that thing. She's like, thank you. So he looks at it and he's like, all right, the first three numbers mean it's on campus. The next three numbers means it's on Greek row. And she's like, really? Do you know where? And he says, no, at least it gives a poor bastard a fighting chance. 
And then Spencer drops another amazing reference when she says, the Lannister always pays his debts. And he's like, you would like the Lannisters. And she says, I could give you the entire Targaryen speech from the end of season one, but I will not waste my breath. And just turns around and pieces out. So fuck, this, fuck guy you, nerd. Si- this guy has sized Spencer up and tell that she could just ruin a man. And she is off to go do some shit with fire and blood. Spencer's like, I can beat you out in like the real world. And I can also beat you in nerd world. You have nothing, little man. Side question, is Spencer the imp of her family? Oh, I don't know. I mean, she's... well. Could you make the argument that Melissa is both Jamie and Cersei? The Lannisters are an obvious choice for the Hastings, but I, I think you could also make the argument that a family of strong women is more closely uh, the the Tyrells from okay. Highgarden. You know, the so, mother, Lady Olena and a, and a Marjorie Tyrell and all that. I mean, Melissa Hastings is definitely like a Marjorie, right? So does that mean that Spencer is like the Knight of Flowers? <laughs> sure. Or maybe that's Jason. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's uh, I mean, Game of Thrones. Like they have a lot of cool houses, but it's not it's not like a Harry Potter thing where it's like each kind of describe a personality or anything like that. Right. I mean, obviously, Arya is Arya Stark. But other than that, I don't know if there's really anything else. So would Mikey be like Rob Stark? Bran? Okay. He's Bran. Or maybe Rickon. Mikey's just like smashing wallets. <laughs> hodor, 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 Hodor. Um, so at the Ruin of Brew, Byron is like sitting at a little table having coffee with Ella. Her back is to us initially. He's asking her basically how bad her B-related injuries are. And she says that, you know, they're bad, but she's gambling on it and rejoining the human race. And he's like, well, they don't look that. Bad. bad and then we see that ella has this ginormous bandage on the side but of her neck like like she's not that by bad a vampire. though yeah but it's, it's really not that bad it's and just like a bandage vampire i mean aria mm-hmm. um byron says that he spoke to mike this afternoon ella's like look byron it's not a non-issue and i want byron to be like tell that to the fire starter you birthed <laughs> um he says, <laughs> he says no i understand that you need this time away and i was like since when and he says since i spoke or no mikey understands that you yeah. need this time away yeah. sorry uh, since when? Since I spoke with him. We're both very terrified of Arya. The patriarchy has put their foot down, temporarily absolving Ella of any motherly duties. Byron shrugs like he's a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, Ella says that this is silly, that she's a parent of two teenagers, that's her job. And Byron's like, and I can cover your shift. We've previously seen, by the way, that Byron can't even fax permission slips on the right date. Byron's just like the rest of your family who loves you, would like you to leave the continent. If at all possible, he's like, like right now. Some, I'll clock some overtime. I'll steal some paper clips. Various office metaphors. Mm-hmm. And Ella asks why, and he says, "Because you spent your entire adult life taking care of other people. Me being one of them, and it's time for you to do something for yourself. I give you permission as the man to do this." As if Ella is going to go live on the cover of a romance novel by mm-hmm. on a, by a castle on a lake um, with the muffin man. She's like. And you don't think this makes me the worst mother of the year? That ship has sailed, Ella, for both of you. Well, Byron's like, not in town for Rodka Hastings. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, Byron says, you know, Ella, you and I talked about moving to Europe when I was still in college, and then Aria happened. <laughs> <laughs> then Mike, then a mortgage. And Iceland doesn't count. You were busy taking care of two, ten- two teenagers and one nutty professor. Yeah. He's like, you've been given a second chance. Take it. And Ella just stares at Byron. And this is the weirdest conversation ever. It is, yeah. Well, it's like they really didn't want to just be like, Ella goes with the Muffin Man to Austria. They had to like really hammer home 
how much Arya was going to force this for like three episodes. Yeah, yeah. So cut to Greek Row, Cicero College. It's night. The street looks almost exactly like it's in Rosewood. Like maybe it's right down the street from Emily's house, but it's not. It's Cicero College, Greek Row. Well, you know that because there's like signs of the, uh, you know, Greek letters for frat houses on the houses. And there's seriously a dude running around TPing things. There's a bunch. Yeah, there's like TPE on all the trees and like frat bros running around, like throwing toilet paper and like high fiving each other, just full of bros. Mm hmm. Total yeah. bros. Total sausage fest. These sausage bros fest. do not watch PLL too. Well punned. Mm -hmm. um, so Emily and Spencer are walking and talking. And Spencer, you know, Emily says she's sorry. She lost track of time. Spencer's like, whatever. It's fine. Forget it. The important thing is that we figure out that number on Allie's loop. And it's here somewhere. And board shorts was probably some frat boy that she was having overnights with. Mm -hmm. And Emily wonders if she should have worn something a little more ladylike. And Spencer kind of stops and appraises oh, her. No, she then asks, does this dress look slutty I'm getting to you? there. Okay. Does this dress look slutty to you? And Spencer's like, not really, but the sluttier the better. We have to zero in on the senior brother, see if any of them remember Allie or who she was hooking up with that summer. Look, are you sure that sorority party's the way to go? Maybe we should just knock on some frat house doors. There aren't that many of them. Canvas the neighborhood. Yeah. This and is she's just like, like motor mouth Spencer, you know, the channeling Aria almost. And Emily's like, I want to go to the party. Okay. And Spencer's like, yeah, you're right. All the guys will probably be there anyways. And I, then I, she just like sneers at some frat dude running by with like a girl over his shoulder. I am like just amazed that one character actually had to appraise themselves and ponder <laughs> if something was slutty. Um, yeah, every other character in the world is having their drama, but Spencer's so focused on her mission. Um, yeah, she she watches all this like crazy drunken revelry, and she's like like moths to a flame. She whips out a picture, hands it to Emily. Emily's like, "What's this? You know, it's a picture of Allison to jog memories." Spencer says that this is where Allison was going with the money from Hector Lime. She thinks, yeah. Yeah. And that they're going to, when they get to the party, they should probably divvy up the workload. And she's like, do you want to talk to the Deltas or to the Kappas? Yeah, so much scorn for the Greek system. Good girl. Sororities yeah. are stupid. So is so Sorofrats. Uh, Emily's like, neither. Look, I know you that this is important, but can we please put a pin in this? I don't want to do this tonight. And Spencer's like, why? This is the reason we came here. And Emily's like, no, it isn't. I came here to talk to sorority sisters about a scholarship. Yeah, that's right. I actually want to go to this piece of shit school. And Spencer's I mean, like, so you're not here to help me find a number? And Emily's like, no, I'm here for me. Jesus, bitch. Such as like, oh, right. Like, I'm the asshole here. Yeah. And she's kind of scoffs and puts a picture back in her purse, picture alley. And she's like, okay, well, now it all makes sense. And he's like, what makes sense? And Spencer's like, oh, you battling those, batting those camel lashes at Brendan, smiling and laughing at everything he says. And he says, it's called being nice. And Spencer's like, it's called flirting. And Emily says, I don't think Brendan confused interest with flirtation. And Spencer says, well, I'll tell you what I'm not confused about. The fact that this entire weekend you've conveniently failed to mention that you're gay. Oh, Emily's pissed. She's like, oh, no. You Emily's didn't. face is just like, oh, no, you didn't. And then her voice says, no, you didn't. Not cool, Spence. Mm -hmm. And Spencer's like, I just think you were the I just didn't think you're the type of person who would lead somebody on just to get what you wanted. Emily crosses her arms over her chest and has this look on her face like, keep digging that hole, bitch. And this is, you know, Emily has hypnosis flashback experience of killing people with a shovel and burying their body. But Emily's like, nice, coming from the girl who whipped her off her bra to get back on the decathlon team. And, and I, well, I feel to, like Spencer should just be like, yeah, I am that girl. I wanted Spencer to be like, I will have you know that I forgot that you were there for that. 
<laughs> um, Ellie's like, I wasn't leading him on. I was being charming. I could have fooled Spencer. I really just wanted Spencer to be like, yes, exactly. I'm the girl who does that. You're Emily. You're the nice girl. You're not supposed to do this. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emily says, yeah, because Spencer's like, could have fooled me. And Emily's like, you wouldn't know the difference. You've never had to be charming. You get to act like a total snot rag because mommy and daddy have a safety net to catch a safety net of cash to catch you if you fall. Spencer's a ghast. Uh, Spencer is nothing if not incredibly charming. Um, snot rag. You can do better, Emily. That's yeah. that's an Aria line. Um, well, that's that's very much. A, I'm angry and I don't have like a good line. Yeah, yeah. Just just then, some like sorority sisters show up and start singing like collegiate carols at them to the tune of "My Country Tis of Thee." Ugh. It's like. The sorority sisters of like Zeta Phi. Yeah. Uh, so I like how the liars are just kind of like glaring at each other side eyed. They're well, just like, I'm mad at you, but what the fuck is this bullshit? Well, they're, they're frozen in place, like <laughs> looking at each other as they listen to these like this like choir of girls sing. And they, the looks they give each other are equal parts like eat shit and die. And the other is like, the fuck is this? <laughs> the camera kind of like, pulls up in a way as the sorority girls keep singing. We cut to Hannah's like uh, foyer. Um, she's well, descending she's- the stairs with her pink bag heading to the door. Yeah, she's about to leave, but then nah, Ashley's there, you know. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing that requires the luggage? And uh, Hannah says that she's, uh, you know, because Hannah didn't know that Ashley was home. Hannah says that she's, like, going to go meet Emily and Spencer. She says that she's going to call Ashley from the car. Um, campus so- visit, Sir College. And Ashley says, oh, I thought you weren't interested in liberal arts colleges. And Hannah says, yeah, well, like you said, I should probably start thinking of other options. Well, so Ashley is full on like reading Hannah, trying to scope for a lie. And I think that she's confused because technically Hannah's not lying to her. And it's like blowing her mind. Well, my notes just say they both nod equally confused. Yeah, yeah. And says, I'll call you when I get there. And Ashley's like, we'll be safe. And they're both just like full of angst and worry for each other. Like neither quite knows what the fuck the other's doing here. I just think in general, like whether it be movie or TV, you never want to have to be the character who says to another character, be safe. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not where you want to be. Um, so at the sorority party, dance music is playing. I believe it's pink. Uh, up or upstairs. Some Do we sister... ever figure out what, what Greek letter that is? No, it's like half a T. Is yeah. it gamma? I don't know. I I always knew them, you know, the sound of the Greek letters. I never like knew the symbols. I know you did. I had to memorize this in my classics class, and I quickly forgot. It's weird how your classics class only barely prepared you for Bros Watch PLL two, right? Mm-hmm. It right. is gamma, so it's it's gamma zeta die die. Where is the X? There's a chai. Yeah. The original title of this episode was Omega Zeta Die, and I think this is so much mm-hmm. better. Um, so we're upstairs. Some sister of the sorority is giving Emily the lay of the land. Well, this chick, uh, like, kind of plaid pattern dress, uh, in like blues and and light yellows, like Stepford a cardigan sweater, pearl necklace, headband, big pearl earrings. Stepford College girl. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, um, sororities. You know, first year Emily have a communal room. After that, she petitioned a single. Emily asks how she applies. Sister says that she has the first meet of all the various sisters. Um, they're not nuns. They're called, they're sorority, sorority girls. Emily looks over and sees some garish mask on the wall. It's like this paddle. crazy like demon mask, and then below it like a a wooden paddle that has With, all these names on it. And this is like, oh, that that was the Grunwalds. <laughs> the Grunwald. Uh, our first mention of the Grunwald. Emily's like, what's a Grunwald? 
Yeah, and Mrs. Greenwald, our former house mother, she's before my time, but legend has it she was fired. Did it have something to do with that, Emily asks? And they look over at the uh, wooden panel and it has like these names carved in it. And This chick is like, maybe, apparently you could get anything past that bitch. One girl said it was like she knew you were going to sneak out before you even got the idea yourself. Anyways, let me show you to our den. We just got a new flat screen. I, uh, it's funny that, like, when I remember first watching this episode, I somehow, like, just blinked out on, like, Arya's outfit, you know? But mm -hmm. I remember being so excited about the mention of the Grunwald and that she was the house mother, just because I kept flashing back to, to, like, female-centric, like, college horror movies, like, oh, like yeah, yeah. Black Christmas, you know, where you mm -hmm. always had that kind of dangerous, like, the house authoritarian mother. figure, yeah, who kept the, the, the gauge of what was right and proper for a young lady. Mm -hmm. uh, so meanwhile, downstairs at the sorority party, Spencer walks up to a group of people, shows them the picture of Allison. She asks if they would happen to know this girl. The first three say no. She goes up to a couple, asks them. They say no. What do people think of Spencer at this party? I don't know. But, you know, this episode is interesting because it's one of the few times we've seen them in, like, a, a college environment. I mean, we've seen Arya in, like, her, like, bullshit pottery class. But this is, like, yeah, a definitely. real, like, college with like frats and stuff um it makes me think that i i hope we never see the pll's in college i hope they like graduate high school and if the show continues it like time jumps to like after they're graduated oh. college is just like there's something about college that is, as far as like tv drama is concerned is just like so lame compared to high school like it's just there's the the tension and the dramatic stakes are so different i just don't think it works well on tv Buffy gave it like one year and then dropped it as hard as I could. I mean, it didn't, it never really worked on Buffy. It didn't work on Veronica Mars. Like, there's something How? about, like, college is just like a really lame experience for this sort of heightened drama. Like, everyone's just doing their own thing and, like, uh, it, the vibe is all wrong. So there's, there's gonna be no episode, like, Beer Bad of, uh, <sighs> or, um, was it I was made to love you? Was that the one? No, no, that was a good one. That was um, the one with the the robot. That was where the wild things are. Is that is that the one? It's supposed to have Britney Spears. Where the wild things are. Am I making that up? What's the one where it's just like Riley and Buffy like fucking for the entire episode? Is that the haunted house one? Like uh, kind of. Uh, Giles is like, don't taunt the fear demon, and Xander's like, can it hurt me? And Giles is like, no, it's just tacky. No, I think that's fear itself. No, it's that's towards itself. the end of season four. They're just like like doing each other the whole time because of like sexual tension. I don't know. It was horrible. College season's bad idea. So that whole season to me culminated divergent bros. Watch Buffy too. <laughs> when angel shows up and has this fight with uh, Riley, mm -hmm. he turns to Buffy and says, you actually sleep with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Spencer here is trying to work her Spencer magic, but it's just a bunch of like trunk co-eds. You don't give a shit. And, right. Uh, these right. guys are lame. Spencer's so, just like, ugh, this place sucks. So she looks over. She sees Emily talking with that sister. Emily and that sister, I don't know her name. I'm just calling her that sister. They mm -hmm. make their goodbyes. Emily's walking around, and Brendan McGowan shows up. He's wearing a, uh, a plaid shirt now and a gray cardigan, very hipster. He's got his, like, solo cup of beer. He says, hey. Stepped, like, right out of, like, Animal House, the movie here, with this outfit. You think so? Well, it's just this is like this very old-fashioned college vibe. Like it's like the college sweater and the button-up shirt. Like no. So he's basically like what the fuck is that guy's name from Animal House who went on to be Bluto, the, the vice president on a uh, West Wing. Um, that fucker, John Spencer. No, not John Spencer. The guy who went on to be John Hoynes, the first vice president, the one who had to resign because of the sex scandal. Oh, I don't remember that guy's name. Like Chandler from Friends was the Nobody one. Nobody remembers that guy's name. 
Tim Matheson. Tim mm-hmm. Matheson, proto like pre rapist bro. Um, so Spencer Emily's just like, oh hey, I think I saw Spencer in one of the rooms, and Brendan McGowan's like, I wasn't looking for Spencer. I'm off duty for the night. Well, and he like leans in as he says like, I'm off duty. Emily's like, oh. Emily's face is like, ah shit. He did think I was flirting with him. Well, it's like she's really analyzing herself now because mm-hmm. of what Spencer said. I think this is the yeah. first time that like. I really felt icky just because of the way the women turned on each other. Well, it's funny because, like, Spencer was both wrong and, like, kind of a bitch and also totally right at the same time. Like, maybe you weren't doing it consciously, Emily, but, like, that's definitely the impression this dude got. We're going to get into some of Spencer's oeuvre in this. Mm -hmm. But uh, Brent McGowan's like, can I get you a drink? And Emily's like, sure. So they walk off to get a drink. Spencer sees this and she silently passes judgment. She walks over to another group of bros, and this Asian bro bros, is like, yeah. like, he checks out Spencer, really checks her out, and he's like, <laughs> sup? Yeah, like, him and his, like, bro buddy, like, check her out, and she's like, sup with you? Could you leave this photo and tell me if you know this girl? And he's like, yeah, I've seen this girl. She's like, really? And he's like, in my dreams? Ooh! And he turns his bro, he gets the high five, like, what's up? Yeah. And the other dude, like, gives Spencer this look, like, classic fake out, yo! <laughs> This guy, yeah. This is the future of fucking America. So sarcastically, Spencer's like, thank you. She walks away. The thing is, Spencer could only Spencer could take on this task. Like, none of the other PLLs would labor away amongst the dregs. Like Spencer's got to be thinking, like, man, college guys suck. Yeah, under her breath. Good thing I have my, like, teen contractor, bro. <sighs> Which, <laughs> it's weird if you think about, like, this is an episode where we haven't talked about like Toby's fucking mom once, mm-hmm. and it feels so good. So Spencer zeroes in on a phone that's just like attached to like a poster, you well, know, she's like a like, beam the in the fuck middle is of the this? thing. What's yeah. a landline? Yeah, and there's a label on it, one of those old label maker style labels that has uh, the area code and prefix like she's been looking for, and she's like, hmm. And so this is uh, curious to her. But then Hannah calls from behind, and Spencer kind of turns around, surprised. And Spencer's like, Hannah, what are you doing here? You're not going to college. And <laughs> Hannah's like, I'm looking for you. Where's Emily? And Spencer sighs. She has no idea. And Hannah's like, didn't you come together? And Spencer's like, I thought so. And so Sarcasm. Hannah needs them both like now. And Spencer's like, why? And Hannah's she turns around, and, like kind of walks through the party. And Spencer follows and asking what's going on. And they kind of well, get to like, I guess, a curious. little bit of a quieter place. Like the spell of Spencer's been broken because her like curiosity has been piqued by this new intrigue. You know? Spencer needs mysteries. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hannah pulls the bag off her shoulder, shows Spencer the gun. And Spencer's like, is that <laughs> real? Why would you bring a gun to a sorority party? And it's like, why not? <laughs> uh, because it's the gun that killed Wilden. At least I think it is. And Spencer says, why do you have that? And Hannah says, because I found it in my mom's closet. I had to get rid of it. And Spencer's like, get rid of it, Hannah. No, you have to give it back to your father. And Hannah says, and let him, and let my dad turn my mom into the cops? No way. And Spencer's like, yeah, I don't think he'd do that. But Hannah's like, oh, I'm not going to give him the choice. It's better if I dump it here, miles from Rosewood. That way if the police question him. He's not going to know the answers and he won't have to lie. Spencer, which that it's a nice plan in theory, but isn't he just going to tell the cops like after my wife came over, I couldn't find the gun? Well, and then when the gun is found, it'll be traced to these three girls from Rosewood who visited. 
yeah. to college that weekend. I mean, this is a terrible idea. Hannah, you, your heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. Hannah gets like really selfish in a way that sometimes is terrible, but it's also what makes her so endearing and so like loyal because she's so blinders on damn the torpedoes you know straightforward mm-hmm. um spencer literally begs hannah just to wait here don't do a fucking She's thing just don't like think pleading. a fucking thought yeah. if i get back with emily just park your ass on this sofa please don't do anything i will find emily we'll go to your father's together the three of us that way he can't like welch on us later yeah hannah's like fine just hurry spencer goes off in the crowd hannah curls up in the chair spencer walks up to that sister that emily was talking to she asks this chick if she's seen emily and the sister says Emily went that way with some guy. So Spencer interprets that way to mean upstairs. So she heads up the stairs. Spencer is then walking down the hallway. Ooh, then a, it just it gets cool now. She's like walking down the hallway upstairs of the sorority house, just screaming out Emily. I like well, this is going. This is where Mick Garris is like, this is what you hired me for. Because it's these cool shots. Like it's, it's Spencer comes around a corner just as somebody in black like ru- rushes across the frame like in the in the foreground mm-hmm. and it, we hear a door close and spencer's looking around all the doors in this hallway are closed i and... love that shot of her in the hallway yeah i was around the corner but the it's it's when she goes around that one corner it's fascinating because she goes so the, the camera goes so slowly like trying the camera to is just kind of like lingering like yeah. it keeps you know we we see part of her like her shoulder her hip and the sluggish camera eventually catches up with her yeah she's never entirely around the corner out of the picture but she almost is for it's, such a long time it's really interesting it's almost like you the viewer could reach out and grab her shoulder and be like no mm-hmm. don't um so she yeah, sees she, some drunk girls coming down the stairs in front of her there's like another set of stairs going up yeah, it's a weird floor plan. These drunk girls kind of like stumble down the stairs and like run right into her and kind of like push her up against As the side of the wall. She's trying to talk to them. Yeah, she's like, ow. And drunk girls keep moving. And Spencer is like giving them this look like, you bitches. And then she realizes that the wall that she's bumped into has pushed it in moved. a bit. Yeah. Meaning secret passageway. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. <laughs> Spencer's just like, oh, yeah, this is what I came here she for. She listens to the wall for a moment slides it aside and then just like darkness lays there before her and in case we haven't done it justice this whole sequence is like very spooky and creepy you're wondering like did emily get taken up here by like uh like you know patriarchy date rape bro like what's going on there's, well, there's a also room. that there's also the general mystery of mm-hmm. this house because we now know based on having heard about the grunwald the phone on the wall it has something has to have happened in this house yeah and so you, these cool like silhouette shots of her in the doorway uh we can kind of see inside there's like exposed like beams and lumber there mm-hmm. it's like this weird room spencer steps in she spots a light switch like an unfinished room yeah yeah spots a light switch and goes over to it it's all dark she turns on the light switch and it, it gets a little bit lighter uh, like a single light bulb like swinging from the center of the room well, turns on. Quick, i want to say that like I feel like as Spencer walks into this darkened room, because this is a terrible idea for anybody else on any other show, mm-hmm. but it's like to Spencer, she knows she's on the right track to her interest precisely because this was hidden. <laughs> yeah. In Spencer's world, it's not just that she's physically unable to relent. It's that she has to un- un- uncover and unearth all that is hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, she eventually gets inside. Light music, come on. Well, yeah, she turns the light on, and then also some like creepy old timey music starts playing on like Baby, a, an I old radio by the Manhattan. Yeah, this radio is like older than Spencer and her parents combined. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she flicks the music off. The swinging light bulb in the center of the room is going to be your full-on psycho reference. Oh, we're going to talk about that in more a so later. than than I know. Some people claim that Ari and Hannah like dunking Wilden's car into the the water is a as a psycho reference. Maybe, but this is your psycho reference. Oh, that in uh, two twenty-five. Yeah. 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 Um, so inside, it's it's creepy. She turns off the radio because there's like this weird music playing. The room is very bare. There's like it's like unfinished. There's no drywall or anything. Uh, there's like a rocking chair on an oval rug in the middle, and next to the radio on this little table, there's like a pink phone, like an old school like phone handset. And Spencer kind of picks it up, uh, doesn't hear anything. So then she finds a cord and plugs it into the wall. And then she tries the phone again. Now she's got dial tone. So we leave that horror movie and we enter another one. Well, because she, she starts to dial. This one is entitled, this horror movie is entitled Montgomery Family Game Night. Yeah, it involves Monopoly. It's like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, but with a slightly different dynamic. Monopoly, probably one of the worst board games you can ever play. Because no one ever finishes it? Nope. So Arya is like, so me and dad versus you and mom, she says to Mike. How does does that even work? They pool their money. I don't even understand that. I I feel like there's like a like a. Is there a team version of Monopoly? I don't know about. Well, there's like what like a not so subtle judgment on the intellect of Mike and Ella. Yeah, Uh, and then Mikey's fine at that, and Byron's like game on. Uh, (laughs) And then Arya gets a call from uh, the number, the Tippy number, and I really wanted Tippy the bird to be like the contact. That pops up. Oh, that'd be You see the number. If it was just like Tippy the Bird, that'd have been awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. she gets up to take the call and she's like, Who is this? And then this awesome, like, Spencer, like, kind of deadpan. She's like, It ain't Tippy the Bird. Yes. <laughs> then we see Spencer in the secret. <laughs> I love this show. So, but I feel like, again, Spencer had to sacrifice a lot of things in her interpersonal relationships and potentially her future in this episode. Mm-hmm. But it's all worth it to her because she was right. Because she followed a phone number that came from a bird that led someplace weird in a to sorority a house. room in a sorority house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after the commercial, we're on Arya's front porch where she can only be sitting on the bench swing. She's talking to Spencer on the phone, telling Spencer to slow down. But Spencer is just like, it's some kind of panic room or a bunker or something. Um, we see Spencer <laughs> Naturally. Like, still in the secret room. She's like walking and pacing, talking to Arya, looking around this place. And Arya's like, why would the phone number lead there? Spencer doesn't know. Maybe Allie spent some time hiding out here. And Arya's like, she was picking up that line. Allie was not calling herself. Or someone was picking up that line. Allie was not calling herself. No, she wasn't. Because PLL has yet to go the full David Lynch mm-hmm. just yet. <laughs> um, but Spencer's like, okay. Just yet. But we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Because Spencer says, okay, but why would board shorts need to go to a sorority house to answer his phone calls? Arya has no answer for this. Spencer has to go. Got to find Hannah and Emily. Uh, and I like how Arya is just like, what the hell is Hannah doing there? She's not going to college. Yeah, Spencer's like, look, I've got to go. Well, but so before Spencer can even say, I've got to go, Arya hears laughter from inside her own home. And I think this, to me, this is fascinating because like, I feel like if Spencer hadn't said something, Arya would have been the one to like cut the phone call. Yeah. Well, and Spencer, she has to go because she spotted something. It's a cool shot where the, the single light bulb is like swinging above her as she like looks over like holding yeah. the phone kind of like she spots and it's very cool very dark uh shots here she slowly like drops the phone as Arya hangs up 
And then Spencer walks over to what she saw. And we see she walks over to like a place, just a section of the wall, like a wooden panel where there are scratch marks as though from fingernails. Like claw marks. As though somebody is clawing, trying to get out of this room, like scratch marks on the this like wood paneling here. Uh, And here's the really cool thing I want to talk about. The way Spencer is standing here, she's standing still. The light bulb is still swinging. So her shadow is rocking back and forth. It's super creepy to yeah. watch. Well, it's like and it's very whole... much like suggestive of some sort of like twinning doppelganger yeah, dark yeah. side, you know. It's like her whole persona and identity is just like, vibrating around her with this mm-hmm. revelation. Uh, so downstairs at the party, Hannah's like still curled up in the chair, just like Spencer ordered. She is surrounded by dorks and jackasses. Um, some guy yeah. talking to his bro next to her makes some big hand gestures and spills like chips or pretzels or whatever all over the chair beside her. Hannah's like, Hannah's just like, up. uh, college boys. She grabs like the giant beer goblet or whatever on the table in front of her and grabs her back and just like, it's bounces. like a big, just like beer stein glass, like just like this huge ass beer mug. The only thing would have made it more funny if this is a boot. Yeah. Uh, so elsewhere at the party, Emily and Brendan McGowan are walking and talking, and Brendan McGowan's like, in the last year or so, I've actually become a pretty good cook. Well, did he change his hair? His hair has that, like, super pronounced, like, part. It's, I don't know. You just know this guy's small talk is the fucking worst. Well, I would not be accepting a drink from this guy. I don't like this guy. I'm sorry, I don't like him. I think I actually dislike him more. I feel Alex. like, yeah, I don't like this guy at all. I wouldn't take a drink from him. I would not trust him to get a drink for me. And we're about to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. So Emily looks over. You know, he's like, oh, like, oh, it looks like your beer cup is empty. And she's like, uh, you want a refill? And she's like, uh, sure. Then she looks over. She sees what pretty sure it looks like Hannah walking to the party out the front door. Mm-hmm. He's walked away, but he looks back at Brendan McGowan and notices that her attention's not on him. Or Only like frowns. Yeah. yeah. So Emily then just walks off in the direction of Hannah. And he like throws his hands up in the air like why well, he calls after her like ah yeah he sighs like super deeply and he like slouches he's just like ah i was gonna put the rohypnol in this one like where'd you I go thought this was in the bag um yeah. yeah so emily's like walking you know through the outdoor part of the party she's passing by this bonfire she's looking intently around and brendan mcgowan follows her and shows up behind her and he says emily what's wrong and she's um, sorry. She thinks she just saw one of her friends. And he's like, you look upset. And Emily's like, no, no. It's just really strange that she'd be here because there's no way she's going to college. And she <laughs> says, so I, I need to find her and see what's going on. And he, like, takes her hand. And he's like, don't stress. I'll come with you. Oh, bro. Ugh. And oh. she she looks down. And it's like she's finally having to admit, her, admit to herself, like, fuck. Spencer was right. God damn it. So she's like, look. I'm sorry, Brendan. You seem like a really great guy, but I think I may have given you the wrong impression. He immediately like yanks his hand back. He says, okay. And she says, I'm not available. I'm with someone. And he's like, well, maybe he's not making you happy anymore. Uh... He's a she and she's amazing. Sorry. Half true. Uh, Emily's like, sorry. And Brendan McGowan's like, huh. And Brandon McGowan offers to still help her find her friends if she wants. Uh, he's like, you know, it's pretty well, dark out here. I think it's creepy. He's like, it's pretty dark out here. People have been drinking. These parties can get a little out of control. Well, and he, he looks gives like her, so sinister now. He gives her stone cold rapist eyes. Yeah. He's and just she's like, like, I'll be fine. If the Rohypno won't do it, I'm sure this dark woodsy area will do it. Uh, and she's like, yeah, peace out, buddy. Yeah. 
I mean, this guy was definitely about to date rape her, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this guy's so fucking creepy. He was about to unclench and, like, drop a hammer out of his Oxford comma ass. He's He's got, like, connections with, like, the all the local, like, you know, school boards and police and whatnot, I'm sure. Well, I don't like this guy at all. There is nobody that polices rape less than a college campus. Yeah, this um, guy. Yeah, so she walks away. He catches, he watches her go in a way that should make your skin crawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, back inside the party, Spencer comes running downstairs to see that the chair that contained Hannah is is empty, and she's like, "Oh shit!" So she looks around for a trail to sniff out. Outside, Emily's walking around this like empty, creepy, wooded area. She's calling out Hannah's name, and she's there's all these like snap. Christmas lights hung up in the trees. Yeah, the uh, easiest, cheapest like uh, decorations you can come up with, and yeah, fitting of Emily. Um, Here in twig snap, moving deeper into the woods, looking around, worried. Um, and then we come back outside to like the street where Spencer's walking down the street. She's looking around, like kind of like just well, seeing like, wow, college kids are fucking lame. What's what's great about this? What I love the way they use very yeah, limited resources. She's literally right where Emily was by yeah. the bonfire, but you never see the bonfire. You just see the the flames dancing about her. Skin. Well, the the coolest thing here, I think, is the audio mix here gets really neat because yeah. uh, it's. There's the, this music from the party, but she's outside, so it's all like distorted and muffled. Mm-hmm. And this whole this whole scene as she's walking around, kind of like staring at these like college people and kind of like seeing them clearly as they're all like you know drunk. Like it's this very much like this like bad buzz vibe of just like distorted audio, and she's looking around, and it's like I feel like the whole message of this episode is like college sucks. Oh, and, and Spencer's not going to play their reindeer games. Also, mm-hmm. you know she's a true Hastings because fire doesn't hurt her. Oh, yeah. And then she eats a horse's heart. Mm-hmm. So she kind of faintly, I think, hears what sounds like sirens in the background. Does she? It's hard to tell. I I, I kind of picked up on that. Because the music is so, like, distorted and warbled. It's like, I but, don't know. So I really like the vibe. It, that That scene actually... It reminds me, I don't know if you remember the audio mix in Lost in Translation when uh, it's after they're coming back from that party they go to together and he's like carrying her to her room. After more than this? Yeah. Like after somewhere or... Mm-hmm. Okay. It has that sort of like just distortion to it. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but so it's but what's especially interesting too is after moments of silence from her, Spencer, who hasn't talked in a few moments, screams out Hannah. And it's like her voice is louder. Mm-hmm. It's like the loudest thing these people here have ever heard. Um, so we cut to Emily in the woods. She keeps looking around, calling out hello. She hears footsteps around her. She hears more twig snapping. Once the soundtrack music tells us that she should be scared, Emily's like, who is that? Tell me who you are. There's there's someone else in these woods. We see someone in a hoodie. We see somebody in you know, shoes walking. She's kind of hurrying through the woods now. That Someone else is walking with her. Like like walking with a menacing pace. Mm-hmm. The composition of this really reminded me of basically a darker, woodsier version of Emily being chased by Toby during the homecoming dance in season one. Or possibly by Nate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Emily is somehow Emily, who should be, along with Spencer, like the most physically like tough and imposing mm-hmm. of the girls. She's always the one who somehow falls easily into like the, the damsel role ironically enough yeah. yeah uh so she eventually rushes out in a kind of a partial clearing and like some just frat bro jumps out he this is the guy wearing the hoodie mm-hmm. and he just sprays a bunch of silly string on her and it's like ah gotcha like he says something about like uh i don't know what's his line like 
It's something lame, but like welcome, welcome. to college pre something. I, I couldn't make yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So she like literally wipes all this like weird silly string shit or whatever off of her. Oh, and she's just like pissed now. Yeah, she's pissed because she fell for this. So she got mm-hmm. panicked. Over this. She moves on. We finally see Hannah out there in the woods. She's digging. A, she's straight up digging a hole to bury that w- gun. with that big ass beer stein. She's digging yeah. a hole. That's, yeah, uh, that's industrious. Good for her. Um, oh, yeah. Spencer eventually finds Emily in the woods. Spencer's like, Emily, where's Hannah? Emily's like, I don't know. What is she doing here? Spencer, we need to find her before she does something really stupid. Spencer's finally back in charge of this duo. And I feel like Emily doesn't Mm. question, what, Hannah's doing something stupid? Shit, let's go. Yeah. They go off running. They run off. Hannah has finished digging her hole now. She pulls the scarf off the gun. She's about to bury it. Gun is in her hand. And then, out of nowhere, like a bunch of cops with guns and flashlights show up and like run in from the tree line. Hold it. Don't move. Get down on the ground. Put your hands in front. And so Hannah just kind of like meekly complies and the cop moves in and handcuffs her and then cut back to like the streets area. Well, Hannah's been busted with potentially the murder weapon. Yeah. And we hear over the radio, someone is saying over the police radio, the suspect's last name is Marin Hannah. So like they knew before they caught her. Well, I mean, she's in the middle of the woods. Why would the cops be there unless they were tipped exactly, off? Exactly, exactly. Because of the uh, cop cars in the street. So yeah. Hannah's being led to a cop car. Emily and Spencer race out to see this. They run up and try to talk to her, but the cops put her in the car. I wanted Hannah to turn one of the cops and be like, what took you boys so long? Yeah. A text to both Hannah, or I'm sorry, to both Emily and Spencer. Uh, a says, just a friendly tip. Maybe Hannah and her mom can share a lawyer. Kisses, A. Nice one. And they're like every all the frat people are like gathered around to watch this, you know. Because this is how all sorority parties end. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the camera kind of pulls. Yeah, out. I mean, they, are the cops shouldn't they be like busting up some underage drinking or seriously, something? Seriously, seriously, the, cam- the camera pulls back nicely from these two girls, the fire, the cop car, the ring of onlookers. Um, they do a pretty good job though of making this look right, even though I imagine they had probably a very limited number of extras. So then we get the A tag. A tag. A is got some tea going. A little sinister little, tea. A little tea kettle. A little black mug. Pouring some honey into it. Uh, you know, I've I've made jokes in the past about how Ashley Marin is A, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Well, Ashley's well, having tea earlier in this episode. Veronica made that. Tea. Veronica made the tea. So we we're like I don't think we're in the RV, but we're we're like no, a, I think it is. Well, this is definitely a a a layer. Uh, it's an A layer, yeah. See the voodoo doll thing. We see a clown figure, like a porcelain clown mm-hmm. figure. We see copious pictures of liars on the walls. A picks up a framed Some... photo that's super dusty, but it has like the the Gamma Zeta Chai logo on it. It's like a picture of some frat people uh, or some sorority people, and A dusts off the face of uh, an older woman who has insane eyes, like crazier eyes than Spencer. Uh, and then the camera pans down. And we see that this is Carla Grunewald, house mother. It's the Grunewald. Which uh, is played by Meg Foster, uh, for you and me, primarily known from They Live. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you could say so many things there, but to, like Carpenter's They Live, to me, had so many like Hitchcock references surrounded around her character specifically. Yeah, um, she's exactly as insane as you'd expect somebody known as the Grunewald would be. Yeah. Yeah, um, and A, uh, first of all, those coffee cake treats look pretty good. Yeah, A has some little coffee cakes. I mean, so uh, this could be total misdirection, but like, who do we think this, who, what What does this imagery like conjure up for us? I mean, Ren, obviously, right? Like yeah, coffee. I always suspect Ren. Yeah, Ren's shady. Um, Veronica, Ashley had coffee today. 
Uh, Pam at some point has mentioned coffee. Mrs. Delorentis, I mean, I mean, tea. tea. Yeah, tea. Yeah. Mrs. Delorentis mentioned tea, having tea with Pam in like episode two, I think, or episode one. Um, it kind of seems like this A is more adult. Well, presumably this is the same A who, who, the Black Widow. Yeah. And like, you know, try to kill Kayla's mom mm-hmm. and then had a drink, like an adult drink at the airport bar. The same A who kept a bottle of vodka chilled next to mm-hmm. Allison's body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of poor Hannah there, the next episode is called Under the Gun. Mm. This is a fun episode as far as a lot of things, obviously, but also just characters and like hypotheticals that lead other characters to do something crazy. Like, Hannah bring up the hypothetical to Arya, which then leads Arya to go to Byron mm-hmm. and to make this insane plea. Um, well, and just it, because this is a an episodic, like serialized show, you don't think about it as much. But these girls are so completely like just in their own private manias right now. Mm-hmm. They're all doing insane things that they shouldn't be doing because A has been fucking with them for like over a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the actions of normal people, but like if you've been, if you watch episode to episode, you kind of forget sometimes that like the way they react to things is like completely nuts. Right. But that's where A has put them. You know, right. they're all kind of being horrible. Arya's just, Arya has to like basically just be a total monster in order to get her mom out of town to protect her. Spencer is like just crapping all over Emily because she's so obsessed with finding this clue. Right. It's going to fix everything. You know, Spencer has to solve like a mystery. She's got to get something right eventually. Mm-hmm. She's uh, still bouncing back from Radley and the Dark Spencer saga. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, this show, this show is so perfectly, this episode is so perfectly this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's do a quick, couple quick shout outs and then we'll wrap this in a bow. Yeah, let me just take a quick look at the wiki here. There's nothing useful. If you're interested, the Greenwald is a character on Ravenswood, so that's yeah. that's why she's here. Basically. You'll hear more about Ravenswood in the next the next mm-hmm. the coming episodes from us. Yeah, timeline wise, it's supposed to be fall of 2011. So Game of Thrones, I believe, aired first in spring of 2011. Is that right? Maybe I believe so. Yeah. So, theoretically, Spencer could have seen the season finale of uh, Game of Thrones Season 1, so that that adds up. This will will probably be like the last Mm non-Byzantine reference um, to the pop culture, like current pop culture. Um, Yeah, yeah, so um, thanks to Norman Buckley, one of the directors of PLL, he uh, found our podcast somehow or other, I'm not sure how, but... Uh, he digs it. He tweeted it, uh, and I think we got some more downloads and subscribers from it. So that's really awesome. Well, and it's very, we're very appreciative because, as you've heard in the last few episodes, especially like we really like Norman Buckley's work on the show, and so mm-hmm. the fact that he's heard us, enjoyed us, is it means a lot. Um, also, I want to thank a, a critic on the Twitter named Andrea Rier. Rier, I'm so sorry if I'm spelling your or pronouncing your name wrong. Who caught up with us and was tweeting at us and joined the show. And a few other people, a young woman named Jessica, who especially liked your video. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple of people saw the video. Uh, Norman Buckley retweeted that, or, the, you know, the, both videos, maybe. Um, so that was cool. If you haven't seen those, go to timetrialmurdermystery.com slash blog, and you can see some links to them there. Uh, we don't want to, you know, hype Norman Buckley too much because he doesn't need it. 
he doesn't need our hype. He's got plenty of bonus talent. But mm-hmm. uh, he linked me to his... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Okay. Well, his blog is especially fascinating. It's called the Buckley Bulletin. And I've I've glanced at one post that he sent me, and I've started to look at others. It's, it's fascinating because there are no commentaries on the show. But, so it's fascinating to hear somebody who actually crafts the show physically to talk about what goes into that. He, um, the post that he, he sent me, which we'll do in the show notes, he talks about uh, when he first started in the show and the production office is like influenced from Edward Hopper, the painter, like Nighthawks. We talked about it in the, I believe the episode where Emily first starts to question what happened to her on that night. Um, it's, I'm not going to go into too much, but basically he talks about how Redwood isn't so much a place as a state of mind. And he quotes a, a film critic named Elaine de, de Baton, who writes about Hopper. And this is paraphrasing this guy's talking about Hopper. The figures in Hopper's work aren't so much opponents of home, per se. They're exiles. The idea of home has betrayed them and forced them out into the night. And that mm-hmm. just made me think so strongly of this episode in particular. Yeah, it was interesting to read that analysis because... I'd never seen it articulated in that way. I'd never really like read analysis of Hopper, mm-hmm. but I was like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly, you know, the, the kind of way it's described. Uh, one of the things I used to like to do is, and I, I highly recommend everybody else does this. If you're in an area that has like new homes, like model homes or an area they're trying to sell, right. go there in the middle of the night. A lot of times they pipe music in uh, around the model home. And if you go there in the middle of the night, it'll often still be plain, even though it's dark and like no one's there. It's really weird and creepy. It kind of reminds me. The canned music, basically? Yeah, yeah. It's like music that's playing uh, in these like, you know, kind of like fake, uh, you know, model home suburban neighborhood. Uh, Reminds me a little of uh, Citigaz from the Philip Pullman books. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that all ties together into just one more thing that makes there's an awesome show one thing these characters use it's a subtle knife um mm-hmm. getting back to Norman Buckley in just a minute Joseph Doherty's been tweeting a lot lately about uh, comparisons between uh PLL and The Prisoner which is a Patrick McGowan show from the 60s which I love mm, yeah. it's one of my favorite shows of all time I'm not gonna go into now because we can talk forever um but uh Norman Buckley asked who we are basically what our ages are and how oh, yeah. we get into this podcast so I thought how do you I told him on Twitter that we're in our early 30s we're both the same age as uh, Christ when he died, which I'm sure is relevant. Fitting. Yeah. Um, how do we get into this? We had another podcast that we were theori- theoretically still going to do at some point uh, called Time Trial Murder Mystery. And at some point in that podcast, you had already been watching PLL kind of sporadically. I binge watched like everything that had aired within a couple weeks. And I think more and more, we just kept wanting to talk about it so much that it like it just became necessary we're well, like we have to do a pll podcast and so as i said before like i was basically raised to love mysteries film noir mm-hmm. and soap opera so this show i didn't really realize it until i was halfway through it and the walls are closing in on me that this was show was made for me um we're we're two people who were fans of of this kind of stuff. I mean, I, we reference a lot of pop culture, almost much like Spencer in this episode, who's working overtime to reference so much. I, it's funny because we had this other podcast where we just talked about mostly just like TV and film. But I would find like it's like, OK, like the new Homeland episode. It's like I really didn't have much to say. I'd rather talk about the new PLL episode. Right. And so eventually it was just like we need to we just need to do a PLL podcast because. Um, we 
there's only so much you can say about Game of Thrones other than like that was a cool scene or, you know, talk about the adaptation technique. But with PLL, I just I don't know. No well, one else it, is talking about PLL, so we and, can talk about PLL. One of the things that we try to do with the show, and maybe we do a bad job, I don't know, people who listen tell us, but it's such a great gateway to talk about the art of a show like this in every way, like the sh- the ways it's referencing other types of storytelling, previous stories, I mean, just Hitchcock references and film noir, and, and I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the various makeups that come into the show, that you could have this hard-boiled detective fiction type tropes you know at the same time as a character like aria montgomery you know like the fact oh, yeah. these two can go hand in hand with heavy heavy references to total americana of like to kill a mockingbird in season one um but yeah the show's amazing thanks to all our listeners as always um amanda we've been we've been talking in the comments on our our postings about spoiler stuff, you know, mind you for season five. But mm-hmm. if you want to join into those conversations, you're also welcome to join us. You can find us at time trial murder mystery slash PLL. Uh, you are at Marco sparks. I am at Benjamin underscore light on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We also have an app bros watch PLL two account, right? Yes, we do. That exists. Um, uh, what else? Oh yeah. If you want, leave us a review in iTunes. That's always nice. It uh, apparently expands our viewership or, or listenership, I should say. While you're downloading that completely free new YouTube album. Yeah. It, man, that took me all day to figure out how to get that downloaded. But uh, yeah, we'll be back next time to talk about Under, Under the, the Gun. Gun. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all soon. See you then. Bye bye. <laughs>